As you walk through the valley of the shadow of hell, you will see through the fog a bend in reality, a veil that is beyond your own comprehension. It's the other side, beyond the void. That's right, it's episode 298, and today we have not only two movies that we're going to be reviewing from the Hong Kong Category 3, but we also have Eric Myford, who is not only a writer, he's also a horror movie fan and reviewer, he also writes poetry, novels, books, what doesn't Eric Myford do? He's also written on the website for you know lots of movies that you can watch for yourself right now. Eric, welcome to the podcast, thank you so much for coming on. Hey, thank you so much for having me. So I got to what, what what can we pimp of your shit right now, man? Because uh, uh, Christina and I have uh, supported a lot of him. It's really surprising some of the stuff that you do. You do a lot of stuff. Why don't you explain what you do so that they can uh, look you up? Yeah, well, uh, my primary gig, uh, I would have to say, is my Encyclopedia of Horror and Suspense Movies uh, book series, which I am currently working on volume 10. Mm. Uh, basically what it is, is, uh, I just review and chronicle 1000 horror movies per book. And, uh, I'm trying to just put together the largest like database of horror and suspense ever made. Nice. Like Ebert did or whatever. Didn't he put up books like that? Well, yeah, I've, I, it's funny thing is I've actually passed Ebert now. I've done more reviews on just horror and suspense than he did on movies in his whole lifetime. Right. Similar format though, too. Cause they're like, they're not super long. They're just kind of like, no, no, I just, I just prefer little snippets. You know, I like to keep everything spoiler free. Of course it's very important to me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I hate having movies ruined, so I don't want to do that for anybody else. <laughs> but yeah, I just, just uh, give little snippets, give personal thoughts, you know, um, why I didn't like something, why I did like something. But basically, it's just to guide people toward movies that they may enjoy seeing. Uh, that That's the whole goal. It's all about helping people find something that they would love, right? Absolutely. And I figure if I'm going to delve deep and I'm going to look into these movies, you know, I want to write about them and let more people know about them. You know, it's actually really cool, guys, because, like, if you read through some of them, like, it's like... It really is kind of like, oh, shit, that sounds cool. I want to go see that. You know what I mean? It's not really like him jerking himself off and his stuff. You know what I mean? But you do have some pretty fucking awesome poetry, too, that you've done. Different themes and stuff. Do you want to tell him about that, too? Uh, Yes, I do also write fiction as well. Um, I actually just released my first novel uh, last year. 
uh, and I've been building up to it for about 12 years now. I uh, did some dark poetry collections, a lot of horror poetry. I did some horror short story collections. And basically, I've just been building my own mythos over the last, you know, 12, 13 years. The mythos. And uh, yeah, I just, <laughs> you know, I'm just emulating Lovecraft. You know, I got my pantheon of gods and this and that, but mine's more uh, perverted and violent than his stuff. So. Do you actually have these gods written out for yourself so that you can kind of use it as like a, wow, interesting. Yeah. That's, that's fucking awesome. Way to be organized. Yeah. yeah, It's, it's like, I have a spreadsheet. I I kept it very organized. Yeah. So I just basically, I wrote the novel is the 13th book in the collection and I'm currently working on the 14th final book in the collection uh, to wrap everything up. That's awesome. How's it yeah. going so well? Has it been doing pretty good? Have you been? Well, uh, the fiction, yeah, the fiction, uh, you know, it, it sells, but uh, the horror movie encyclopedias, that seems to be what people really want, you know? Short dose. TikTok yeah, stuff. Yeah, I mean, they, yeah, they, they just, uh, I, I never thought, I, I basically started the whole project as a way for me to not feel like I was wasting my time by watching so many horror movies. <laughs> and uh, but oddly enough, people like kind of gravitated towards it. And they're like, hey, I kind of got kind of like what this guy has to say, you know, and uh, yeah, I try to put a little humor on it, you know, and uh, just be very honest. So yeah. I don't know people seem to like that. You know, and it kind of reminds me of and I always had the respect for this guy, even though I didn't always agree with him and everything that they did. But I don't know if you remember back in the day, the old uh, uh, video junkies. You remember that? It sounds familiar. Remind me. Okay, so Blackheart Media, I think, was one of the other ones that they used to do it. Because back in the day, we couldn't get a hold of these movies. So we had a lot of, like, right. reproduction places that would print yeah. VHS for us guys. This is for us. Uh, this is for you young folks out there. <laughs> we didn't always yeah. have access to every fucking movie that you ever wanted, okay? But, yeah, we went to these websites. One of them was called Video Junkies, and they would put out an actual paper binder every month of all of their movies and they would add new ones right. and I would order the book cause it's like five bucks. And then you could go through the catalog and then see, you know, what you like. And it would have like different definitions for each of the movies in like funny ways, like you write in a way. So it, it always kind of reminded me of that. So, and I always loved video junkies cause I found so many new movies on that website that I had ever found anywhere else. So that's so awesome. It sounds like a hard copy of uh, IMDb. Right. For horror. It yeah. was back in the day. Like I, I remember going on into internet cafes to be able to use the internet just to go on their website and order movies and stuff. <laughs> so, it's so awesome. It was crazy, dude. Thinking about that. But yeah, man. So wow. what else are you doing now? Are you doing anything else new? Are you doing anything music wise or something that I don't know about? Oh, no, but I am actually in pre-production on a movie right now. Oh, um, well, yeah, I, I figured, you, you know, name or? Uh, well, uh, I, it doesn't technically have a name yet. I'm just kind of I basically oh, what, right. what I'm doing right now. Yeah, basically what I'm doing right now is I'm just uh, much like I write several books at the same time. I'm also going to be filming several projects at the same time just so I can <laughs> yeah. learn my equipment and whatnot. So I'm not working on uh, anything tr- really specific. I'm just kind of shooting some B-roll right now. But uh, I have some scripts that I'm going to turn into some short films and practice there. Because I figure, you know, the guy who's probably seen more horror movies than anybody else, he could probably make some pretty good horror movies for you, horror you'd fans. you think, right? Yeah, that's my logic behind it. And that's what I'm going 
you know, <laughs> I'm just going to try it, you know, like it may not work out, but at least I'll have tried it, you know. That's what every single director I've ever spoken to so far. I always ask him if there's anything you want to say. And they're like, just get out there and make a movie. Yeah. The hardest part is just getting up and going out and making the movie. Don't wait. Just go do it with whatever you got. So exactly. pretty cool. Um, I, it's exciting. I'm jealous. And I'm kind of like, it's very inspiring. I saw your post and I was like, yeah, dude, fuck yeah. So you got time, you got some of the stuff that you want to do and you got a lot of ideas. So I'm sure something's going to come out of it. So I look forward to it, man. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to see what happens and then uh, I'll be branching out and uh, we'll see if we can get you uh, killed on screen or something. <laughs> hey, there you go. You know what you should do, which, uh, you know, just for funds and it also helps you get like exposure, I'm sure, uh, is make short little videos for TikTok. I know it sounds stupid, but and I'm not exactly. No, aware. no, you're 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 absolutely right. Uh, that's one that's one place that I'm really terrible at is marketing. <laughs> Me too, man. I fucking feel you there, dude. <laughs> It's like, I just want to create shit. If somebody else wants to market it for me, please do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't want to do the business side. I just want to do the creative side, but you kind of have to do both these days. It is kind of like that. Yeah. So, well, guys, just to let you know, I didn't let you know what we were watching this week, but Eric and I are huge fans of Asian cinema. And uh, in particularly, we, we like a lot of Hong Kong cinema especially the category three type which eric could probably explain to you a lot more than i could about what those kind of movies are and this week we decided to pick two from that category which uh why don't you explain what category three is to them and then we'll tell them the movies uh basically category three uh movies in hong kong are what they deem to be the most extreme of cinema with violence uh sex uh, you know, torture, uh, just basically the um, unsavory side of life is category three. movies. Yeah, something in the movie they did, society's not too pleased with, so they have to put a label on it. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but uh, I will have to let you know if these two movies were that bad for us, because we've seen these multiple times. Um, the first one we're going to watch and we are going to talk about today is a movie that I have done on the podcast here before, but I love watching it and I wanted to talk about it with Eric, which is The Seventh Curse with Chow Young Fat, which technically he is pretty much just uh, like arm candy for the movie. Nothing more. Uh, <laughs> he does have a couple of moments in the film that actually pay off by the end, but it is from 1986. We're also going to be talking about the untold story. Also known as uh, the eight of mortals restaurant. That is from 1993. Yeah. And those two are on Eric's list. Actually, as a matter of fact, he made about category three Hong Kong films that we put up. That's ultra successful on the website. So there's a lot, but these are just two of the kind of popular ones, I guess. I don't know about seventh curse untold story is definitely probably the more popular one, right? Uh, I would say so, just because it's extreme nature. But uh, for me, just these two are, are among my personal favorites of all the Hong Kong horror I've seen. Yeah, they are pretty fun. There's they're, they're very different, <laughs> but they are very different. Yeah, and but that's why I'm fun. glad that we put these two together. Yeah, yeah, it, it's kind of nice to get a little like when you do two of the same time at the same time, it's kind of weird. So, yeah, guys, we're going to have some cat category three Hong Kong films that uh, you may or may not have heard. Some of these uh, you can both rent both of these online. Um, the Untold Story, I believe you can actually get on like Tubi 
for 100% free. It's even on Shutter, but there's a 136 minute one that you're going to want to see because I think it has extra murder in it and stuff. So if that's a big deal to you, you might want to look up the 136 minute one. I couldn't figure out which one was which. A lot of them just say 133, 135. Do you mean an hour and 36 minutes? Yeah, there's there's an uncut Hong Kong version, and then there's like the uh, extended cut. And I think the 136 minute one is the one that I watched, which on earth just put out. Are, are, are you, are you saying, cause you're saying 136 minutes. No, no, no. Are I'm sorry. Saying, hour and 36 minutes. Sorry. Okay. Okay. You were throwing me off because I was like, holy shit, man. I, mine is only an hour and 36 minutes long. I was like, fuck. I didn't My watch bad. that one. My bad. I, yeah. I wasn't thinking too well on that one. And it's also like 1:37 PM right now when we're recording. Any oh, <laughs> more yeah, confusing. Um, <laughs> But the other one, the seventh curse, you're going to have to rent, I think, directly from like Amazon or something like that. Uh, I believe it's the Unearth or not Unearth. It's the 88 films copy. That's the one that I kind of watched from. So if if you guys want to pick that up, you can, but it's region. So you have to have a region free player to play it. Just FYI. But I'll put links down for Unearthed and also um, the 88 films down below so if you do want to pick up a copy you can give them some love these guys put out independent stuff all the time so check it out but i think it might be that time actually we're not going to be doing horse shots this week guys so <laughs> i actually am going to cut it out for this week but next week we definitely will i'll come up with a shot for us uh you don't have to do the shot of course eric by the way but if you would like to we'll come up with something together okay uh, all right yeah i uh i'm not a drinker so yeah. That's fine. That's fine. A lot of people don't do the drinks with me. So I, I will probably just do one for the show just for the sake of it. So, but no, uh, they always look interesting, though. Yeah. <laughs> Some of them are good. Some of them are not so good. But, you know, we do it for fun anyway. So, yeah. But I, we're going to go ahead and jump into our flesh and potatoes of our category three with Eric Myford for The Seventh Curse from 1986 and The Untold Story from 1993. And we're going to go ahead and do that right now. Right. So I did the work on this first one here because I didn't want to drop you right out in front like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because uh, yeah, there's a. Appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> so Eric did the work on the untold, but, you know, I, I also did some of the work on that too, just in case. But Eric's pretty knowledgeable, so I'm sure he's going to outdo me. So, um, which, by the way, Eric has a bigger collection than mine, but it's not about the size, it's about how much you love your movies. And that's uh, true. We both love them very much. <laughs> also, I, I, I can imagine I have a lot more dog shit movies than you do. <laughs> you do have a higher tolerance, a higher threshold. But once you've watched as many movies as you have, you know, come on, you're you're you definitely have a different tolerance than I think most people would. Right. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> and I'm just forced to finish everything I watch. So I got to ask you, what do you think is probably and I know you don't like doing this because I'm the same way. What do you think is probably one of the worst movies you've ever seen that you could not finish hardly? Like it, it took everything out of you. Uh, all right. Well, yeah, that's easy. Dick Shark. What is it? Dick Shark. Dick Shark? Dick Shark. Yeah, by Bill Zabub. 
to this day, it is still the worst fucking movie I've ever seen in my life. It actually enraged me when I watched it because it was so terrible. Really? See, I've, there's yeah. very few that do that. That enraging is what I think is like when you get a, a one or a zero, some people like to throw up. But yeah, it's it was just inexcusably bad. It was over three hours long, like 80 percent of it is in slow motion. It was painful to get through. Pain, oh, literally. No. Painful. Oh, wow. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Have you ever heard of a movie called Night of the Chihuahuas? No, I haven't actually. <laughs> it's literally a dude holding a camera to his chihuahuas and then talking in them and their voices. And then it's like a yeah, horror movie. It still sounds better. It still sounds better. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I would say. There might be some redeeming value out of that. But yeah, one of my, uh, one of our listeners, uh, Plemke always talks about that. So I was curious if you've seen it. So um, no, I haven't seen that one, but now I have to. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I just had to ask him guys, cause it's just funny. Um, so the seventh curse, <laughs> by the way, which came out in 1986 and is not rated the version we watched. It is about action that ensues as the cop and cohorts battle the evil sorcerer of the worm tribe, a hideous bloodthirsty baby like creature and old ancestor, quote unquote, a skeleton with glowing blue eyes that transforms into uh, sort of an alien version monster <laughs> uh and that's pretty much it there's another description on it that's much longer but i, I figured the shorter one would suffice so yeah this is the by director nai Choi lam which they always do things backwards on uh, imdb for whatever reason I, I don't know why but he has done the story of ricky he also did the cat which is another one of the stories from this the novels that these come from which we'll talk about yes. more later and many other films, of course. Uh, but Ricky, story of Ricky is probably like the most, the biggest one. And I, I haven't seen the cat. I don't think I ever saw the cat. Is that any good? The cat is fantastic. That is I, a great movie. I'll have to watch that next. I know that they put that out. Did 88 films put that out as well? Um, I don't know. I have an old bootleg of it um, okay. because it, I just can never find a copy of it. But now that I have, a, I actually got a region free blu-ray player a couple months ago so i've been actually um upgrading my bootlegs with region 2 stuff nice nice yeah yeah that's i i have to re-get a new uh region player because mine broke they're they're a little fickle sometimes they're like they're not made the most <laughs> they're like cheap and it's just like uh software pretty much so oh, okay it's like the ones I've gotten because they're not ex they're not expensive. But this movie was written uh, the screenplay anyway by Jing Wong, who actually has done a few things: Color Out of Loyalty, The Man from Macau, which is funny because the next movie is from Macau. Uh, he also yes. did Crying Heart, Enter the Fat Dragon, which was pretty funny, um, and quite a few more. Also have Kai Chi Yuan, who also did the story on this, which he's a little bit they've got a little bit more of a storied past because they did stuff like a chinese ghost story the legend of the drunken master a lot of really classic you know chinese movies like once upon a time in china tons of stuff so this is you know this isn't like you know some run-of-the-mill kind of movie right like this is actually a pretty pretty big movie even though it is a little bit schlocky um we got so, pe people like 
Chow Young Fat, who obviously has been in a ton of films. He is a huge star. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, The Replacement Killers, Dragon Ball Evolution, The Monkey King. You could, I mean, I could just keep going for probably an hour. He's one of the biggest stars. He was thrown in as kind of like the trailer bait, pretty much, for this movie. Yeah. They didn't have the budget that they really wanted, and they did have a lot of practical, so it was going to be a little bit pricey in here. We also have Su Ho Chin, who plays Dr. Wan. Chen Hishai. I don't know how to say his name 100%. I apologize. But he has been in a few things as well. He was in the Tai Chi Master, which is one of my favorite Jet Li films. Fist of Legend. Uh, the Masked Avengers, The Great Illusionist, Zero to Hero, Mr. Zombie, which is like an updated version of an uh, older film. We also have Maggie Chung, who plays Sai Hung. She was actually the love interest in the movie. She's been in a ton of stuff as well. She was in Hero, which is another Jet Li film. She was also in Hot Summer Days. She's done dramas, action, everything. And then last but not least, we also have trying to think of which one i should use here uh yun chor who plays chu who has been in a lot of older films he's an older uh, actor of course he was in sun moon and star part one and two black lizard full full moon scimitar fang wang ying ren and many many more uh this movie was made uh on a budget but i'll get into more of that in the trivia because it kind of relates to that uh, it had a pretty decent sized budget, though. I'll just say that. Eric, what are your thoughts about this film? How did you get introduced to it? Let us know. Uh, you know, it's the seventh curse came to me uh, when I started to get really getting into category three horror because sure. uh, I was seeing some just mind blowing stuff. And uh, I had heard some good things about the seventh curse. And I was like, well, of course, I have to check that out. And the first time I watched it, I was just I was I was blown away because it felt like uh, the Hong Kong version of Big Trouble in Little China in a way. <laughs> yeah, it kind of does. Yeah, because it's such a mishmash of genres. It's insane. Like it's it's a horror movie. Absolutely. But there's also some comedy. There's drama. There's a lot of action, tons of martial arts. Like it's just a little bit of everything. And I loved watching it from beginning to end. Do you uh do you have any other films that you think uh, would compare to it? Like out of uh, all the movies you've seen, like I'm trying to think of uh, one because it's so schlocky, but it's also kind of mainstream the way that they treat the story. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Well, I mean, that's the beauty of it too, is uh, it, it's such an action oriented movie, but they did take the time to put a pretty damn interesting story in there too. Even when they kind of didn't have to, because I mean, you've got all this action, you've got all this fighting, you've got lots of gore and monsters, you know, like I, at that point, I don't even give that much of a shit about a story because I'm already entertained. But right. They went above and beyond. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. What would you give but it? A sp- I, I can't really I can't really compare it to anything else because it is pretty unique on its own. You know, I mean, there's a lot of other black magic Hong Kong horror out there, but this one kind of stands above them. Right. Like one of the creature, the creature in the, in the movie that it transforms into from the skeleton or whatever you'll see in the movie yeah. when you see this kind of reminds me of the Peacock King and the, the, the Phoenix movie. I can't remember what it was. They're based off the manga. You know what I'm talking about? Um, no, no, I don't think so. Actually, the Peacock King came out. I think that was the manga. It was called the Peacock King. And then there was another one that I just can't think. Uh, Saga of the Phoenix. That's the one. The creature in that is very similar to this one. So I almost feel like some oh, of the same production crew worked on it because it looks 
the 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 graphics on the on the screen, the the, the practical effects and everything look very similar. Oh, okay. I'm sure they probably recycled a lot of stuff too. Yeah, probably true too. Like the Roger Corman of uh, China. Oh yeah, there you go. Uh, Roger Corman talk about. I mean, the man who never lost a dime making movies. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Something to be said about that, man. Like you really have to. I mean, yeah, a lot of people didn't get paid a lot of money, but they knew what they were doing when they got into it. And most every oh, single one of those directors got pretty famous. For sure. Now, what would you give this one a score of? Do you have anything else to say about it? Uh, well, with this one, uh, I give it a solid nine out of ten. Mm. Um, just because, like, I, I was just thoroughly entertained the whole way through. Okay. Um, um, now, I, I'm giving a perfect score. Uh, you know, I'm stingy on the perfect score and lowest score possible. So, like, it really has to blow me away. But this one was just pure entertainment. I loved it from beginning to end. And I thought it was amazing. Okay. I'm, I'm pretty close. I don't want to say yet, but I'm kind of close. Um, okay. So this is this. I, well, the version I watched is the extended Hong Kong cut. Um, both are from 88 films, which I mentioned. To me, this is super fast paced action horror. It has as much blood as it has fancy wire work to it. So there's like a lot of like really crazy stunts and things that they do in this movie. That's the, the, the fighting's actually really cool. The action, the gore, the characters are all like characters. There's a, a lot of fun to be had in this film. It's, it's actually not the first time we've reviewed it, like I said, but it did just get the re-release and it looks fucking I would never go back now. Oh, <laughs> I, yeah. know, I know you're a DD, DVD fan, but man, after seeing it in 1080p, I'm like, holy shit, dude. Like, this is awesome. Um, it, it really is. Uh, I, I've got a Blu-ray copy of it and um, it, it's just it, it's literally a world of difference. It is. And you can see the wires before, but now you can really see them. <laughs> yeah, but you you had mentioned the wire work. I love that so much. Like monsters on wires fighting are oh so cool. Dude, so it, I would prefer that over CGI any day. Any day, any because day. there's artistry in what they had to do. They didn't have to just they didn't just do it. They had to practice that shit. You know what I mean? Like this is an art. <laughs> so yes. Not that CGI is, and it just feels like too much of a trick. You know, we understand that movies and film are supposed to be a magic trick of sorts for the viewer. But, the, you know, when you see it and it, and it bothers you and you think about it, you know, I don't know. But no, th- I, I'm right there with you. CGI is uh, you know great for what it does, but I will take practical effects any day. Yeah. And if you guys like 80s films and stuff like that, if you've ever watched any kind of Asian cinema, like action films or anything, Kung Fu, you can really get into this. I really think it's fun. There's a lot of guns and stuff as well. It's almost like kind of watching like zombie Holocaust. That's right. With uh, oh, Ian okay. McCullough. Yeah, Ian McCulloch did it, and he was, uh, it's kind of like zombie holocaust or zombie cannibal holocaust, because it kind of has a similar thing going on. Right. They they go out and find that there's zombies on top of cannibals. (laughs) So That's right. That's right. That's the one with zombies and cannibals. Yeah. I mean, it's not a great movie, but yeah, I remember that one. Yeah. It it just kind of reminds me of that a little bit, just like the story wise. Only this one's in China a little bit and they have a tribe that is doing some pretty crazy shit with like black magic. And they have like, (laughs) it almost looks like Aztec structures uh, that they're like... Yes. I was like, 
so confused as to what this was, but you know, there's some sort of Chinese dark black magic uh, mysticism or something going on. They got this flying serpent tailed flesh eating monster baby, which is fucking cool as shit. The skeleton is probably one of the most ridiculous things, but if you've seen the heroic trio, (laughs) it's not going to be surprising how the skeleton moves about because it's all wire work. (laughs) Yeah. And a skinny dude, I think, who jumps around in it is occasionally. Um, Plus, I mean, when do you get to see Chow Yun Fat shoot an RPG at a monster? <laughs> Dude, they had to put him in there for that moment, too. So that, But that, that was so badass, though. Like, it was so schlocky. It was so cheesy. But I was like, you know what? That was still awesome. <laughs> <laughs> they, I mean, this movie has just so much crazy stuff. Lots of blood in it that it's just bizarre. And borderline fantasy at times, you know, so like, oh, yeah, it has like a lot of elements that are going for it. So there's never going to be a time where you're going to be like, OK, I don't like you may not know what's going on 100 percent, but it's pretty straightforward and you're going to be yeah. entertained no matter what you think. Even Obviously, the action, the, the, the blood, the cheese, all of it. It's so bad. It's good kind of film for I think for some people who are not uh, acquainted with these types of movies specifically from the 80s in particular they may go oh this is so bad it's good you know but honestly it's just good to me and they do have like that 80s style kind of americana thing where they have like the women kind of like always joking about their role in society and like the 80s thing you know that they always do in american movies sure and it has like a love story in there which is kind of like slight it's not too much but they throw the kitchen sink at you in this one, and it's a lot of fun. So I, I, I do think it has a couple of moments in there where it has the pacing issues, where they cut back to a party, which I think is unnecessary. Uh, yeah, that, that's a valid point. I'll give you that one. For yeah, sure. I mean, but it's very slight. I would yeah. say this is at least an eight out of 10 for me. And sure. probably an 8.5 if you're used to this kind of genre, like if you enjoy schlocky crazy over the top stuff that you've never seen before and you like asian cinema this is going to be something that you should definitely seek out in my opinion so for sure 100 yeah it is man i really enjoyed watching it again and i've seen it i had it on dvd i had the german release i think it was i don't even know what it was but i i had it for a region free for years and i found it just on a whim i think it used to be a lot of you could get a lot of these movies at like um what was the motion picture company? The uh, when there was only Shriek Show and like Anchor Bay. Oh yeah, Anchor Bay. Yeah, that was a big one. Shriek Show. Um, some of the other ones. It's back in those days, though, when DVDs yeah. kind of first came out. You know, like you could get stuff like this on the shelf later on because they were pushing a lot of like the '90s were very big with um, like action uh, kung fu films. Because absolutely. Jet Lee, Chow Young Fat, and all them are pushing the boundaries with that. So I don't know. That's when I picked it up. So I think you guys should really check it out if you can get a chance to see it. So but you gave it an eight, a nine. I get it an eight point five. So eight point seven five between the two of us guys. So that's pretty damn good. Yeah, pay attention. 
<laughs> They're like, I watched it. I hated it. It's terrible. Why would you say this? <laughs> we do have some trivia on it, though, and we'll get into that now. So if you don't want anything spoiled, of course, you can skip to the next movie that is we're going to be talking about called The Untold Story, which you can find online on Tubi and Shutter and many other places. Like I said, if you want to find the hour and 36 minute one, I would highly recommend seeing that one since it has extra Gru. Um, but if you don't want anything spoiled, here is your warning. So, as I mentioned, and you probably already know this, this is based on Ni nee Quang's novel series called Dr. Yen series, and it stars Chin Su Ho as Dr. Yen. So, it is based, there was like film and television series that they did on this, uh, these books and everything called the Wisely series. They There was The Legend of Wisely, a 1987 Hong Kong film starring Samuel Hui as Wisely. The Cat, which we talked about earlier from 92, 93, depending where you are in the world, because um, I think we didn't get it until like 93 or something like that. Uh, but a Hong Kong film starring Wise Lee as Wisely. <laughs> and there's another one. There's other ones I haven't even heard of, like The New Adventures of Wisely, which was a 98 Singapore television series uh, starring Michael Tao. And then The Wesley Mysterious File, which was a 2002 Hong Kong film starring Andy Lau as Wisely. And The W Files, which was kind of like, I guess, The, the X Files. Uh, which was a 2003 Hong Kong television series starring Galen Lowe as Wisely. So never heard of any of those. Never seen any of the TV series. Have you? Me either. It sounds interesting, though. I'm curious because it's like I like stuff like Ultra Q and stuff or Q Ultra or whatever it was. OK. It was just Japanese. But, you know. Yeah. It's creatures and shit like that. So I'm curious if they had stuff like that in it. He's kind of like an Indiana Jones, I guess, kind of guy. Okay. That's what I'm gathering, the Wisely character or whatever that does uh, Dr. Yen, I guess. Um, okay. Now, there is three different endings to this movie that I didn't know about. And in the original theatrical release, after the monster killing climax, there's another by the pools party scene. It's the same one as the beginning of the film, but it's supposed to be another party in which Maggie Chung's well, character. That sound fitting. Yeah, I know. I thought it was kind of weird, but her Maggie Chung, who is the reporter, I guess, she actually makes up with Dr. Yen. And then they cut to the original party scene that starts off the movie with Dr. Yen wisely. Ni Kang and the uh, uh, who is the real author of the two Pulp Fiction uh, novels and a bunch of beautiful girls. So it says, uh, the author replies, well, we have to see what's exciting adventures Dr. Yen and Wisely are going to have. The two main characters come into the frame, toast, and finish their drink. Freeze frame like they do in all the beginnings, and then comes to the end of the title credits. Which I, I think my DVD is exact same as the 88 films extended, so I have the extended cut. There's another version in the first video release available in Hong Kong during the late 1980s and early 1990s. The last two scenes were completely cut out, so as the very last close-up of Bachu, the native girl, who has this, like, fucked-up face or whatever, instead of it is replaced with two shots of her and her lover while the end credits roll partly over it it's freeze frame partly over black and in the video release the native girls nude scenes were partially censored with the explicit body uh parts blacked out to make the film more family oriented yeah because this is a movie that needs to be family oriented that's what i'm saying like but that's the thing right like we've known that they try to treat it like a mainstream movie like every time so it's like 
it's got the mainstream qualities, but it also has the stuff that, you know, isn't very mainstream. <laughs> For sure. Although their mainstream over there is a little bit more uh, different, I would assume. Well, at least in Hong Kong, it was. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, the third one is in a DVD edition. The second to last scene in the original theatrical release is cut out, whilst the final scene is retained, but the end credits rolling over and the original dialogues are replaced with the end title music, which is the cast. So, But now we also have all the versions now. There's the extended and the uh, original DVD cut, the German one, I think, that 88 films. They got both the best. So if you are looking, there you go. So let me ask you, Eric, that's pretty much it for the trivia. I tried to dig a little deep to find some of these things, but, you know, this is not a very <laughs> well, uh, you know, researched movie. So, <laughs> sure, sure. Do you have any scenes that you uh, want to talk about that uh, that you liked in this movie that really kind of make it shine for you? Well, uh, for me, it's it's kind of the whole final battle is just epic in a way that uh, I'm, I'm, it just blows my mind. You know, like all the wire work. You know, this monster <laughs> fighting this fetus thing, and you know, Chow Yun Fat with the RPG. I mean, all of that together just like put the cherry right on top of the Sunday for me. You know, <laughs> yeah. I remember the first time I saw the baby thing, the flying baby thing, and I was yeah. like, "What in the ever living fuck is that?" <laughs> pretty much, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it is about Hong Kong's creatures in their fucking movies, but they are crazy. Some of the Japanese ones have some pretty bad ones too what was oh it? yeah for sure what was the one that we almost did the seedings of ghosts is not the, the the crazy one there's the one oh devil fetus has some pretty crazy shit and <laughs> was it seedings um, of a ghost that had the one at the yeah, very end yes yeah, seeding of a ghost is when that like baby monster right just starts killing everybody that's what i was thinking and it's like crawling around yeah. on the floor and shit <laughs> yeah it's yeah that's third act in that movie is just pure insanity <laughs> I don't know what it is, but they're creatures and shit. Just like, it, I don't care how, the schlockier, the better, man. Like, I fucking no, love it. I mean, hey, you know what? It still looks better than the CGI monsters 90% of the time. Right. That's true. You know what movie? You know what movie? I don't know if you ever saw the Johnsons. The oh Dutch. yeah, yeah, I have that. Yeah, that's it, dude. The the baby in that, Zangadeeks, uh, Zangadeeks, uh, which I actually have a documentary I interviewed the documentary uh, people for that. Uh, really great people. They gave me like a, a an LP of the soundtrack for that. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, and cool. it's got Zangadeeks on the front. And that's what the name of the documentary is. But the baby in that is kind of similar because it's got the veiny shit on it. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, they're obviously two different babies, but it's just the way that they did the eyes in this one and I don't know this that baby in general with the tail is flying around from underneath his coat anytime he wants is the wizard's coat by the way yeah <laughs> that, that was uh, I don't know that just blew my mind and then when I saw them dropping babies or kids into a fucking mashing pit where they were just squoozing like squeezing them for blood <laughs> It's terrible looking, but it's like so funny when you realize what's happening. You, yeah, you got to appreciate it, you know, because it looks so natural. They're just like, yeah, just get it on in there. You know, it's like a ride. And then you just see it close. And it's like this foam thing coming together. <laughs> yeah. um, one of my uh, in the very beginning, 
they have that uh can't think of her name the 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 girl who's like the reporter or whatever she like bricks a bitch over the back of the head like some chick is a nurse and she just bricks her over the head to sneak in and play the nurse and i'm like <laughs> jesus that's some like serious extreme yeah. <laughs> you could fucking kill her dude like what the hell <laughs> i'm just gonna crush her skull that'll get her out of our way <laughs> <laughs> anything for a new job, you know, anything for a report, you know, just in case. <laughs> but yeah, I was like, Jesus. And then he finds out that, you know, they go into this hostage situation, which she obviously bites off more than she can chew and like gets in a situation where she's like, oh, fuck, what did I do? And she actually ends up getting a fucking dude shot in the head, too, just for being that because she <laughs> she reveals the gun in the box. And then the guy sees it, and then the, as the guys are coming in, they look out of the windows, and they shoot that one dude in the head. Gone. Family's gone. Erased from history. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, she made a mistake. It's, you know, it happens. Yeah. <laughs> I like how he just lets her go. Like, oh, well, you're pretty. I guess it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any other uh, scenes that you that maybe were pretty funny or uh, that you like? Uh, I mean, um, no, nothing that really uh, sticks out to me at the moment. Okay, uh, it's just it's just a lot of uh, it's just a lot of fun from one scene to the next because it's the kind of movie where you never know what's going to happen. Dude, I, I will say like there was a scene with the fucking the skeleton king or whatever the ancient god. He rips the fucking head of that guy forward and the spine yeah. showing, and then he yes. sucks on the fucking spine. <laughs> yeah, he's got to get those uh, precious fluids out of there. Yeah, spinal fluid. Mm. Yeah, he's turned him into a fucking crazy straw. <laughs> and then when he gets a taste of that, then he changes into a fucking like uh, alien creature. It looked like aliens. It kind of looked like Gamera at first. Like there's like a scene where it's transformation. Oh, yeah. It looked like Gamera, like the fucking turtle yeah. fucking guy. Yeah, it, it, it's like a cross between Gamera and uh, Xenomorph. <laughs> yes, exactly. Because <laughs> it's got these weird, shitty bat wings that are like, like basically, like if you were to take one of those flight suits. <laughs> like, yeah, like it's it's taped under their arms and then taped on the side so that it looks like wings, but it's really not. <laughs> and it just flies around the room like all like you know, we. Um, yes. That was towards the end, though. Uh, the other one was the cool scene with the um, where they had to get the Samarias. I think that's what they're called. The eyes from the Buddha temple. And they like go up this big giant statue that's obviously prefabricated <laughs> to make it look like a big statue. And they have yeah. to fight like 20 fucking monks on their way up, <laughs> which I thought was really great. They're like just kicking them off and they're just ragdolling on the ground. Yeah. And it's just more wonderful martial arts, you know, that's just like, all right, well, this is happening. And well, that was fun. <laughs> Dude, it's like wherever they can tuck in some more like adverse like things happening to these characters they do it like, exactly i love that like it's, it's 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 almost like it's like too much but it just makes it so fast paced like he's like arguing with the girl and she's like he's like i thought i told you to go back home you're a girl you need to go home and she was like i don't care and then disappears because she steps in a hole and then <laughs> he's like what the fuck where did she go oh well i'll just leave her walk in the jungle by herself 
<laughs> yes, I, that's, that's a reasonable response. <laughs> I mean, I know that this is silly stuff, but man, is it highly entertaining? Like she yeah, really, she holds her weight in the movie. She like actually does fight pretty good in in the film. Yeah, she's not just the the pretty face and the the uh, the romance angle or anything like that. Like she actually has purpose, which is always nice to see. Yeah, she's not like April O'Neil. She's like, yes, exactly. That, that's perfect analogy. Perfect analogy. <laughs> she never did shit, but get into trouble. Right. Which is fun. I don't know. She, I like how she like always interrupts Dr. Yen uh, when he's like trying to hit on women in the movie. I thought that was kind of silly. Like he's like, yeah, that, that was funny. Uh, <laughs> it's like, no, I'm not married. She's like, I'm out of here. <laughs> and she just, just the smile on her face. She's enjoying like just cock blocking him constantly. <laughs> yeah. By the way, we have a new hi- assignment to the Himalayas, which they never did. I don't think they ever did again. No, oh. I don't think they did. I would have loved to see a sequel to this. You know what I mean? Like the curse. Hey, Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, no. I was just saying you never know. I mean, we see sequels like decades after the original. Now, so you just never know. Chow Young Fat returns, you know? Yeah, why not? Yeah. He's, he's, <laughs> now he's got nine curses instead of seven. That was an interesting thing that they added in this movie, too, is I've seen like the curses that they swallow or like, you know, spit up in other movies. Like they're right. the, like these little marble type things that they call curses or whatever. Like I yes. think uh, they did it with um, a Jet Li movie where he had the Buddhist palm on his back and he like spit up these like fucking balls. When I do remember that. What, what movie was that? I, I think remember. it was called Lord of the Wu-Tang or it's the, um, the evil cult or I can't remember. But yeah, I, yeah. I'm pretty I mean, that, sure he loses yeah. all of his powers. He can't do Kung Fu anymore. Because they like slapped him on the back with the Buddhist palm and then they have to like extract it and he spits out all these like weird bubble things. And it's like, I don't know. It's just so weird in this movie because like every time one pops, like you hear it, he like kisses a girl and he gets excited and it's like, like pops. (laughs) Uh, It's just so weird. It's like, oh, dude, what the fuck? How did he get that curse to begin with? You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck? Yeah, that's just the nature of those uh, sorcerers, man. Like, hey, they have such power. I, I guess. I, I couldn't imagine that guy being able to use a telephone, the wizard, let alone yeah. send a signal out to some random fucking doctor who's a fucking anthropologist or whatever the fuck. Like Indiana yeah, Jones. I just, I, I'm just like, you know, it's it's a different culture, so I'm just going to go with it. <laughs> right. <laughs> imagine Indiana Jones having curses pop out of his body like that as he's like running from the ball. Oh, yeah. that's actually not a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, we do. There is the last scene that, of course, you remember probably pretty heavy. You want to talk about like what happens in that whole situation? Oh, they, you mean in the in, in the final battle? Yeah, because they use the baby thing again, and they have it attack the main old monster. Like they use the right, right. They call it the ghosts, the ghost curse, the children's ghost curse, which is the baby that feeds on people and flies around with a weird tail, and they use it. They like trap it by capturing it with a pregnant yak's um, skin, <laughs> and, and then they unleash it onto the skeleton monster that transforms into a xenomorph um, Gamera. Yeah, so I mean that that all just you know it, it's cool because like they're fighting a monster and like this monster is just tearing people apart, you know, just like lots of great gore, just just tearing them open. <laughs> and then the, then you got a then you got a crazy monster that comes in and then they start fighting and they're you know that thing's tearing chunks out of the 
xenomorph, you know, looking thing. Yeah, he's and doing then, a good job uh, too. Yeah. No, he was like this little weird baby with a tail flying around, just tearing up this monster. And there's all the wire work as they're flying around the room. Yeah. And then, you know, Chow Yun Fat saves the day, you know? What's he do? He one twos a fucking RPG into the. Uh, yeah, he, yeah, he just pulls out the RPG and then boom, shower of gore, monster's done. I love how uh, everybody's like, first instinct was after he shot it with the RPG in the chest, which you think kills it, and they walk up to it. I would not walk up to that thing. Like, Hell no. They that was just you're just asking for it. Like everybody was like walking up to it. Even the in the girl who he saved or whatever was like, "Hey, what's this?" And, and then it gets up again. Yeah, I, I don't know. These people must never watch horror movies. Or I something, know, you know. Like you it's don't always go up to the antagonist. That's afterwards. where the double tap came from, man. You have to double tap. Them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's a pretty good ending. And of course, it's you know, it, it's like the the whole fucking hey, what do we do next? You know, what's the next Indiana Jones story that we're gonna have with Doctor Yin or whatever and Way? So, yeah, it's such a. It, it ends up going from like this intense weird battle to just like this really light ending a like jovial ending almost so, like haha <laughs> they did that in both, everybody's in both happy movies. like yeah it's like you know okay you just saw a bunch of people get torn to pieces but now you're just like okay we're good now <laughs> <laughs> well if you guys haven't seen it and you listen this way you just gotta watch it for yourself it's still gonna be great to see even if you've spoiled all this section for you uh, uh, which I know it's, some of you guys wild. do. What's that? It, it's just wild. You have to see it. Yeah, 100%. It's definitely worth owning, I think. Um, yeah. But uh, we do have another movie that we're going to talk about, and I did the work, or sorry, Eric did the work on this one. Uh, uh, next up, we have The Untold Story, also known as The Eight Immortals Restaurant, The Untold Story. came out in 1993. It is based on a true story loosely but this is one of the movies that is actually based on a true story it's not just bullshit mm. just a real quick plot synopsis is uh head to a restaurant that is rumored to have been serving uh chopped up human remains in the pork buns and we kind of start there and then go flashback and how all of this came to happen and uh while also progressing the main story forward so that's just a basic synopsis of what we have going on there. It is directed by Herman Yao. And also, uh, I've never actually heard any of these names said out loud. I've only read them. So if I mispronounce, I apologize. Oh, it's fine. Yeah. I'm try to do my best. So directed by Herman Yao, uh, also notable for directing such films as Ebola Syndrome, Taxi Hunter, and The Sleep Curse. Mm. Um, and it was also co-directed by Danny Lee, who also produced and starred in the film. Uh, interestingly enough, Danny Lee also directed uh, Dr. Lamb, which is another uh, Hong Kong Category 3 movie based on a real-life serial killer. And that was a pretty nasty one. It was a pretty nasty one, for sure. Uh, it is written by Cam Fai La, who also wrote The Untold Story 2, Dr. Lamb, and The Close Encounters of Vampire. And it's also co-written by Wing Kim Lau, who direct, who uh, wrote The Untold Story 3 and Taxi Hunter. Which, which I, I, I heard Taxi Hunter is really good. I put it on. I found it on YouTube. There's a... Uh, very cool. Ver, there's a, a YouTube version that has all the subtitles on it, guys, if you're looking for it and you want to watch something else, too. It's, it's, it's a crime th thriller, you know, kind of movie. It's not a horror movie, but 
it's pretty bloody. Yeah, but it deals with a, a, a serial killer or spree killer. So, uh, I mean, it definitely fits into the genre. hundred percent. So. Yeah. Um, now, in terms of acting, we have the living legend himself in the main role, Anthony Wong. He plays Wong Chi Hang. Uh, now, Anthony Wong has been in over 200 movies. Uh, yeah. He is no slouch when it comes to acting. And personally, I think he plays a psychopath uh, better than most anybody out there, uh, which is saying a lot. And uh, that also probably tells me he's a really nice guy because he plays a psychopath so well. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, right. But he has been in uh, movies such as Ebola Syndrome, Three Days of a Blind Girl, Taxi Hunter, Daughter of Darkness, and The Sleep Curse, uh, just to name uh, a handful of his genre roles. But he's been he's been in a variety of genres. It's just I, I find him most memorable from genre roles. And then we have Danny Lee, uh, co-director and producer in the role of Officer Lee. And uh, he starred in almost as many movies as Anthony Wong is about 140 or so. He was in movies such as The Oily Maniac, Dr. Lamb, Run and Kill, and The Untold Story 3. Boy, Oily Maniac. So he played, that, that's one I haven't seen yet, but it's definitely on my list. It's it on looks, Prime if you get a chance. Okay, that's good to know. Thank you for that. Yeah. And then it also stars uh, Hong Kong screen queen extraordinaire Emily Kwan, who plays Bo. Uh, she was also in films such as Fatal Vacation, Dr. Lamb, Human Pork Chop, and Nightmare Zone. Yeah, and so, she really uh, shows she her is... chops in this movie because oh yeah, she tolerates a lot. <laughs> she really does. Like, not only is she just you know great at acting, but the physical acting also is uh, quite remarkable for her. Yeah, but um, basically, uh, just to get into a little bit of. Uh, little bit about the movie uh it is like i said based on a true story a little bit loose but uh basically it's based on the eight immortals restaurant massacre that occurred on august 4th of 1985 uh basically 10 members of the family who ran the restaurant were killed uh by a man named huang zahang and he paid he killed them all for unpaid gambling debts which totaled about seventy five thousand dollars yeah now he he killed 10 members of this family which was six adults and four children he dismembered all of them and then he took the various body parts and dumped them into various dumpsters and also into various places into the ocean uh which is pretty gnarly uh, if you think about it and um but the worst thing of all was he actually reopened the restaurant himself and then ran it <laughs> by himself and he did so for months before anybody really uh discovered any of the body parts and then traced the murders back to him he just told everybody that the family went to the mainland and then oops they never came back so i'm just gonna run the restaurant i don't know how he thought that was gonna work <laughs> <laughs> Well, and it's funny. It was all over. It's literally over a gambling debt too. Like he owed it was the same amount of money that he says in this movie, but it actually ended up being even more. It was like six hundred thousand yuan one uh, from Hong Kong. Yeah, which is about seventy five thousand dollars. Yes, exactly. Yeah, so about which I mean, it's no small amount, but uh, to kill an entire family of ten over seventy five thousand dollars yeah. is absolutely insane. Yeah, you kind of want to do it at that point in time. <laughs> seventy five thousand isn't that much. No, it really isn't. Like, it, I mean, I'm not going to say that it's not. It is a good chunk of money, but not for murdering ten people. 
not that children big, included I mean, yeah yeah children i mean come on i think the youngest victim was four what was that four-year-old gonna do yeah exactly you know? uh so basically he was just a psychopath and uh that's where this movie comes in that's basically about that but of course it is uh dramatized uh to a much larger extent um because this movie deals a lot with uh, cannibalism because it was never said for sure but it was just rumored that uh he had taken some of the body parts and turned them into pork buns uh in real life but that was never uh actually confirmed so but this movie really plays into that and uh definitely is a main focus of this film yeah it definitely makes it a more interesting story i think <laughs> oh for sure for sure like i got no problem with this being loosely based on the actual crime because they just uh you know they enhanced it to make it more of a horror movie which i totally right. get and it wasn't long after the, everything that happened to the guy i won't say what um that this movie came out so i mean it was only like six years later <laughs> you know what i mean yeah so, it really was. yeah so um yeah it was uh but Hong Kong doesn't mess around like that because I think Dr. Lamb came out two years after that serial killer was caught. Is that what that? Oh, man, I didn't. Yeah, see, I didn't know I think that. About it, was, that. It, it was something like really ridiculous, like a year or two years afterward that uh, they put out the movie. Like they don't mess around. They're like time for grieving. Screw that. We got money to make the, the crime that shook the country. Now, at your local video yeah, store. Yeah, the, the crime that's still in the headlines, you know? <laughs> but, you wanna... that, you know, that that is one interesting thing about this movie is that it is very much fits into the category three because you have, you know, graphic rape scenes. You have uh, incredible, uh, gory murder scenes and dismemberment scenes and scenes of, uh, you know, cannibalism and this and that. But it's also kind of a comedy. Yeah, it was surprisingly, it is such a weird yeah. mix. It, it is a weird mix, but it actually like really worked well. Like I'm not, they're not like making rape jokes or anything like that. No. It's just <laughs> no, that no, there's, no. there's, there's intense rape scenes, but then in the next scene, you may see this uh, detective cracking a joke, you know, and like, it's just weird because it's like, okay, this movie's legitimately funny, but it's also greatly disturbing. Mm -hmm. How did they do that? All right, so what did you think of this movie? I'm so glad that you asked, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> this is not the intentional order at all. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, I. this is much more tame than I was expecting. Um, I've seen some pretty bad, you know, category films. Um, I would sure. say, like, The Men Behind the Sun is probably pretty graphic, but this is a story, like a real story story, and I think... Yeah. It definitely has its moments where you're like, oh, okay, that's kind of bad. Specifically one grape scene that uh, ends pretty bloody. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the whole buildup of the uh, 100%. Basically, yeah, it, it, it's just such a it's so mean spirited. It's violent. Know? It's like a violent yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah, it is because it's not just a sexual thing for him. He wants her to be in such fear and to torture her psychologically before he actually does the act that it makes it so much worse. It does. And you, it makes you wonder like what was going through these actors minds when they were playing this out, because a oh, lot of it for seems sure. like a continuous scene, you know what I mean? And then they came in with like fill in spots, you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. I don't know as an actor, like that's some pretty heavy territory to be like, you know, doing, especially uh, I would say for kids too. I don't want to get too much into that though, because it would be kind of spoilerific. Oh, yeah. 
the end scene to the movie is what I'm talking about, that that details really happened is kind of where I feel this movie got its cat three score besides the grape scene or whatever. But sure, I've never seen too many movies do what they did at the end of that of this movie. And, you know, as disgusting and fucked up as it is, it is kind of surprising and memorable for that, too. So, no, absolutely. Yeah, it really is uh, unfiltered. And uh, they were just like, hey, this is what happened. We're going to show you everything. Yeah, it really it saves the the best for last, (laughs) so to speak. Um, I like the story in this, knowing that it's based off a true story definitely does kind of propel this movie into a better direction, I think, because it's just like, wow, this is fucked up. Beside the cannibalism aspect, which you mentioned, uh, it's still pretty beat for beat the same movie, though. And obviously, Anthony Wong is pretty fucking amazing and crazy in this movie. Yeah, you could not have cast anybody else and this movie have been as good. This this launched his career in ways that I mean he had done other movies before this that were good. Sure. But this he won an award for. This is something can you imagine? Like we had an Emmy Award here for a horror movie about this crazy shit, and they actually gave him the Hong Kong Award for nineteen ninety three for best actor. (laughs) So Yeah. And and that's really saying something because, you know, how uh, the genre is pretty much disregarded by uh, the award shows here in the U.S. Right there. They look at it like, oh, well, this was by far the most intense and insane in performance of the year. So regardless of genre, he's the winner. And that's and just think, sensible to me. I think that what it is, is because of how Hong Kong has kind of broken off from China in so many ways. Well, kind of not now, but yeah, because of that, they really celebrate um having like a voice you know what i mean so absolutely when they did these films they were really kind of pushing the boundaries because they were able to and yeah so so that's why it may not be tasteful in you in many people's eyes but to them it was like a freedom of speech kind of thing that they could do that they never had really uh, you know i don't know it just kind of grew into that because of the whole english rule and then you know they were able to be who they wanted to be pretty much without any laws against it because i think china is a little more strict and i think you can't even have a bad ending in your movie right yeah essentially um and you're you you absolutely nailed it on the head too because when you're held down and oppressed for that long when that boot finally comes off your back you just really want to rise up as best you can and uh, even if it's as fucked up of a movie as like this with a horrible gut-wrenching story you know just do it and they did yeah i agree this is, you know, there's gore in this too, but it's not like all the time. They like kind of save it for certain moments and they, you know, do some off camera tricks, you know, because obviously technical aspects of doing the gore is not easy because they'll put like a person who's dead down on the table who's actually alive. He's an actor, he or she. And then they'll like cut away and the camera goes up a little bit so you can't see, but they replace it with like a pig body or something, you know? Yeah, stupid yeah. stuff like that. But, for the most part, it is pretty fucking gory, especially towards the end. Um, it's kind of gross and disgusting in a lot of ways, especially in some of those grapey moments. Um, the whole, whole movie isn't exactly all that dire. They actually try to fill it with some good old female male cop struggle, like back and forth comedy. 
which yeah. is is really odd and just very uh, like weird. Like the the chief it of is police odd. is 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 banging hookers, and the girl is like, "What the fuck?" And she's like, "Oh, well, the guys like attention like this, so she dresses up." And there's like this back and forth with the guys making fun of her for trying to be pretty, which is kind of an ongoing theme in the '80s and '90s for Chinese movies. I've noticed, especially. A lot yeah, of them, a lot of them deal with that sort of dichotomy sort of thing. So it's usually present yeah, in and, these movies. And, and and it is so odd because, you know, given the nature of what's going on on the screen to have this level of comedy <laughs> in the movie, but have it work is even more bizarre still. Yeah. Having a coming of age, like women's story in, in, in tucked into this cannibal fucking rape movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so... <laughs> I don't know. It's like it's like a mainstream style movie with cat three parts in it. Like you want it, yeah. it, it. It wants to be entertaining, even if it's being shocking and gross and disgusting. But it's it's not exactly boring or just gore porn either. So it's kind of like this, yeah. like real production of a movie that you're going to walk away from and go like that really happened and then want to yeah. dig into it. So I would say that this is probably for me like on. I'm not I'm more into like fiction so i would say this is like a seven out of ten for me maybe a seven point seven point five maybe uh not necessarily my cup of tea is a story but it definitely helps that it's a real story based on a real story anyway um i don't think it's as fucked up as i was expecting and i don't think that they affects the score but for those who are worried about seeing something you know it may not be as bad as something like a serbian film you know what i mean oh no not even near it so you know Uh, what i mean i just want to make sure people know so that they can go into this the grape scenes are pretty horrific or harrowing and scary and fucked up but not as bad as like irreversible or serbian film so yeah it's not as physically graphic it's more psychologically oriented which in some ways makes it worse but you know what I mean. 100%. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's worth a watch to definitely see. But I definitely, I would say of the two, I definitely really like Seventh Curse more. It's more my speed. Um, okay. And maybe, I don't know, it would be interesting to see Ebola, uh, the Ebola syndrome, because it's kind of like the same story. Only. Uh, it, yeah. It's Ebola almost syndrome. like, yeah, it's, it's almost the same exact story, but you know, obviously there's you know, Ebola. in a way, yeah, in a way it is. Um, and it also stars Anthony Wong and right. it's also directed by the same person, you know, it, that this, there's a lot of incestuousness in this movie with other cat three movies, um, mm-hmm. of, of a similar quality, but I would actually consider Ebola syndrome to be far more graphic than this one. Yeah. Um, and the, this one, uh, for me, uh, I also give it nine to oh, okay. just because, yeah, just because this one, this one really spoke to me. I think a lot of it had to do with Anthony Wong because sure. even though I, I, I don't comment that much on acting on foreign films because I don't know what they're saying, but sure. when, when you have a performance like this and it's so physical and it's so emotional, like I just look at it and like, okay, you're speaking Chinese. I don't know what you're saying, but I know you are acting your goddamn brains out, you know? Sure. And um, I just think that this is a vicious movie. It is, uh, it portrays a horrible crime and somehow makes it even more horrible. And frankly, uh, I, I would honestly say all that together would make it an eight out of 10 for me. But the fact that they, 
inserted so much comedy and it worked i had to give it another point for that because it kind of blew me away fair enough the movie this dire also made me laugh yeah i think i get into more um fictional stuff a little bit more like more creature stuff than i do the the real stuff i think and see like where christina she likes the more real stuff and i'm i'm like kind of opposite a little bit so gotcha okay but I still agree with you. I definitely think Anthony Wong's performance in this is amazing. And, you know, obviously that carried on into many other roles where he plays the bad guy in just about everything. <laughs> so, yeah, just about everything. And um, but actually, it's it's strange because uh, I think it was the sleep curse where he actually played the good guy. And it kind of threw me off when I watched it. <laughs> yeah, it's like watching Jim Carrey act normal for a change. Like, it's just like, what? This yeah, isn't- yeah, yeah. So eternal sunshine of a spotless what you know like yeah <laughs> or truman show even like but even though that had some comedy in it too but yeah it's like yeah. Uh, well, for me for me it was the number 23 when i saw him in that i was just like this is so strange <laughs> right <I laughs> or like that. steve carell and fox catcher and I, always, I was like holy shit i didn't know steve carell could act this well right i always say the top secrets thing from 23 <laughs> And then the whole Brittany Murphy thing where she's like, two plus one is three and two is 20 fucking three. <laughs> I think it was Brittany Murphy, right? Yes, I, I'm fairly certain that was. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's. I, I definitely agree. It is a good movie. So it's going to be, you know, I gave it a 7.5. He gives it a nine. So it's going to be at least a, probably an eight for some of you guys. If you're into the real stuff, I would highly recommend it. It is. Like you said, a real movie. It's got real stuff in it. It's got, you know, the jokes are kind of hit or miss. You know, they're pretty dated. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That, that is true. That's a valid point. But some of them still have me going, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. It's it's definitely guy humor. You know what I mean? Like, oh, for sure. In the movie. And that's why I think, you know, you know, for her to play the part, like she definitely held her own. You know what I mean? Because, you know, it got her so many different other roles. You know, she just became really famous because she could fucking ha- hang with the bullshit <laughs> you know what i mean yeah, nowadays totally. they would probably be like i'm not gonna fucking act in that movie like you know what i mean yeah. things, things have changed drastically since the uh, 80s and 90s that's for sure but yeah it's definitely a time capsule kind of thing right um but yeah we do have some trivia on this movie and of course eric's gonna probably go over some of that he already did mention the the original story there i have a little bit more if, if you don't have it but i can get into uh, it if you I, mean i have some of the uh after stuff like okay. what happened after he was taken to jail and all that perfect so if you guys don't want anything spoiled of course you can go down to the timestamps down below to see what eric and i will be talking about next week when we tackle is it three japanese short films Yes, yes. Uh, I like call them mid-length films. They're all around like 40, 40, 50 minutes long. Almost an hour, yeah. Yeah, yes. So not quite feature length, but a little more than your normal short, too. So I kind of like those mid-length films. You don't get enough of those. Yeah, it's there. I've never seen any of these, so they're all going to be new to me. But yeah, go to the end of the timestamps down below. Find out what we're going to do. I think all of them are on YouTube, so we'll mention them at the end. Um, But uh, if you don't want anything spoiled, here is your warning. 
So after operating the Eight Immortals restaurant for a couple of months, uh, they finally found some body parts, tied it back to the family, tied it back to him. And he essentially confessed to everything because, I mean, at that point, you're pretty much screwed. And, uh, you know, he was taken into custody. And uh, from what I can gather, Hong Kong jails and prisons are no joke. And I believe it was the day after he was taken into custody. He was attacked in the jail and uh, injured substantially and uh, was placed into the medical uh, area where he tried to escape and failed. And then later on, he attempted suicide, failed. But the second time he attempted, he was actually successful. So that tells me that uh, death was much better than being in jail for any length of time for this man. Right. Yeah, and it, it's pretty much exactly accurate in the movie, although I don't know that they tortured him. <laughs> I have no idea, but I'm yeah, just saying. I don't know about that either, but I don't think the guards do either, and I'm going to assume they did torture him because he got attacked right after he got there, so he was definitely experienced some bad shit. And it is true that one of the prisoners did help him out and try to prevent him from killing himself. So yeah. if that if that part is true and he had a heart for that guy, it's probably because they were fucking him up pretty bad. Absolutely. I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, if you're murdering an entire family over money, including children, uh, you know, people aren't going to take kindly to that. Exactly. That's what I mean. Prisoners. Yeah. So, there's so no, it, it was probably pretty bad for him. Yeah. It, they probably fucked him up really bad in there. And they felt. Yeah. And so somebody in there who was in there for something else was like, man, I feel bad for this guy. I, I, I was thinking about that while we were watching it, too. And I'm like, I don't know if I'd feel bad for him. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I would either. I I would probably just watch. I don't think I would participate, but I would definitely watch. (laughs) Right. Yeah, because he, like, fixes his glasses, gives him his glasses. Like, he gives him his urine. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because uh, this movie does say how it's very loosely based on the crimes. But, you know, if you actually look at the crimes... And you watch the movie, I, I'd say it's actually much closer than most movies get to adapting a true story. Yeah, I'm curious about the internal organ uh, injuries, if urine yeah. actually does help. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to just gonna go ahead and die, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to drink some other dude's fucking urine. <laughs> mm, what'd you eat, asparagus? Jesus, I don't know, man. This is not oh, so- God damn. Oh, you just made it so much worse. <laughs> What is this, Cheerios? Did you have Cheerios? <laughs> the two things piss smells like he gets the taste. Cheerios and fucking asparagus. <laughs> yeah, I just I can just imagine him being like, oh, oh, your pee tastes like ice cream. Are you diabetic? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man, you produce cream? This tastes good. Oh, okay. Well, that's enough of that. It's like sherbet, like citrus <laughs> sherbet. Like why is it bright orange <laughs> <laughs> anyway sorry to be interrupt. <laughs> yeah we're talking about that and there's so much worse in this movie like, like that's the funny thing is that there's so yeah. much worse shit did you yeah. have any, yeah, did you have any cool. more trivia uh no i don't have any more trivia myself that was uh i just pretty much you know read about the true story of it and you know that was that was the end of it for me so <laughs> the funny thing is, okay, so he died. Um, he was attacked in prison, apparently, then in 1986 on the October 3rd. And then by the 6th, I think he died 
by the actually he did cut his wrist with the uh, yes pop or bottle cap actually that's how he yeah bottle it. cap which is takes some goddamn commitment I imagine yeah that's not easy that should tell me uh, how bad the prisons are when you use a bottle cap to kill yourself well I guess you could have flattened it out and sharpened the edge uh, maybe I don't know so yeah yeah sure but I just still not going to cut that well supposedly one of the, in, the inmates said that he did it to escape asthma because he had like real asthma problems and they weren't letting okay. him have his any kind of inhaler or anything so he was just kind of suffering the whole time there so maybe he really was tortured like they do in the movie yeah i i imagine so and uh i i really don't feel any sympathy because i mean you killed 10 people including four children over money yeah um, i don't care if you can breathe okay to be perfectly honest with you yeah you know <laughs> money is not a replacement for that it's not an okay bill um no it, it's it's really not like i don't know this guy I, was just a psychopath after i got done watching the movie because of course i wanted to find out i watched like a bunch of documentaries on it and there was this one okay. lady who just did one in may uh, just recently, I guess, because I think the Untold Story just came out in May. Oh and yeah, so, the, re- the the Unearthed release. Yeah, the the okay. Unearthed release came out, and so I think she was like following it up. But it's this lady called Dining with Death. So she tells oh, the okay. entire story, right? Even the the dumpling part in the movie and stuff like that. And her stick is that she will, out of all of the whole thing about the stories she's telling, she will pick a food that they talk about in the movie to make so after she's done talking about it she goes and makes pork buns oh that's wonderful (laughs) which i was like oh oh that's kind of like what we do but not like that's so fucked up and she like yeah that's a little more poor taste (laughs) yeah that's what i was i thought it was funny though i was like oh man and she never made it before so she literally shows you how to make pork buns and how to cook them and like everything um i'm I'm gonna be honest watching that movie uh it made me want a pork bun i like you know what i like pork buns and man those uh they're not easy to come by in the states <laughs> so yeah. like like you really have to find a place that actually does like those things like i always saw them in the fucking kung fu movies where like the kids would steal one out of the basket or something and they For had sure. this yeah. fist full of fucking pork bun and it's just like man i want to bite into one of those so bad it almost looks like mochi yeah. but it's got pork inside you know what i mean it's the same yeah thing. which makes it even better <laughs> <laughs> hopefully not human meat or dogs or something crazy you know what i mean like the people in the movie loved the taste of these pork buns, though, so it does kind of make you hungry a little bit. But um, yeah, well, you were talking to a guy who literally wrote a book called uh, "The Cannibal Cookbook: Your Guide to uh, Butchering and Preparing Long Pig." <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, just <laughs> that's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah I, mean, it, I mean, it's it's a satirical cookbook. It was just supposed to be like you know a little black comedy, you know, because uh, my the recipes in there are, are real recipes. I just replaced all the pork items with human flesh. Right. And then made like, and then uh, did a little uh, joke on, you know, how like when people tell a story before they give you the goddamn recipe, you know, that's what I did in this book. <laughs> and so awesome. I, I, I was just having a little bit of fun with it, but like people are not fans and they're like, this book is in poor taste, this and that, da da da. And I was like, oh shit, am I going to get my first band book? Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and let's just say it's not in elementary schools right now for you folks. 
So no, don't worry. it's not. And it doesn't have any yeah. CRT in it either. So no, I'm, just <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just being stupid. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> so so get this. Like uh, um, I just looked up the FBI's number. They're going to be coming to your house soon. Uh, no, okay. I'm kidding. <laughs> He's Satan. Um, no, um, the movie, actually, the original title for this movie, by the way, was not what they called it. It was actually called Human Pork Bun. And then there was another yeah, one, that, that Human works. Meat Roasted Pork Buns. That was the other one. Yeah, that's that's pretty on the nose, though. <laughs> yeah, I would say. Yeah, I think I think people kind of caught on to what it was about. And they were like, OK, we'll just call it what it you know what it is. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, totally. Like sell the story. And there you go. In Hong Kong, this actually made quite a bit of money, too. So it was I don't doubt it. It was like 15 million um, dollars, almost 16 in Hong Kong dollars on the release uh, the first week. And that's that's insane for that's Hong a Kong. lot of money. Yeah, <laughs> that's why he got picked, you know, for best actor, I think, because people. Just yeah, I mean, well, oh, absolutely. I mean, he's just basically, you know, that was the uh, Hannibal Lecter. For Hong Kong, you know, and uh, just much like Anthony Hopkins won the Oscar here, did an incredible job. That's true. He very well deserved the same thing for the untold story, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I would say definitely per- different performances, but, you know. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like one's very, uh, you know, like subtle and and understated and the other one's very psychotic and in your face. But oh, yeah. still very, very much well done. Yeah. There was uh, quite a few scenes in this movie that... Um, you know, it's it's not like there's shocking scenes, but they're like every they're like dropped in like care packages like every 20 minutes or so. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. not it's not like this barrage, like the sadness movie. If you saw that where it's just like one thing yeah, after another. Oh, that was brilliant. God, I love that movie. That was <laughs> yeah. another nine for me. That's a great movie this year, by the way. Yeah, Fantastic. It's definitely up there in my top five for the year so far. That's like one of those movies you get once every five years, <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe more. So, but yeah, no, it's, it's, this one's spread out a little bit. You get uh, a lot of the cop, you get as much of the cops, if not more than you get Anthony yeah. Wong. So, yeah, I mean, that's true. It, it's that, that's another thing I appreciate about its depth is it, it's not just a genre movie focusing on the horrible acts, but it's also police procedural, you know, and all that too, uh, which I think just adds more layers to it, which is awesome. Right. Which you notice the girl, she's always right. And the guys oh, are the course, stupid course. idiots that have no idea what's going on. Yeah. Cause she's the only one thinking out of the box. Right. And he, the chief, always listens to her, even though he won't give her credit. Yeah, exactly. Because he knows he can ride her coattails even higher. A hundred percent. Yeah. And that was uh, pretty evident in this movie. But it was funny, too, because there was that scene where they find uh, they go after the trash truck to to find the uh, documents from the uh, Cheng Lang Lam uh, family or whatever. And they yep. uh, find the, the, the school uh, IDs and all the other stuff in it. And she's like, I found it. And he's like, well, why don't we share it? And he's like, no, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> because she's, you know, she's like putting up with the shit because she wants to have a good career, uh, obviously. Uh, and that's what it took. Yeah. probably took back then as well. Although I feel like. This, oh, no, absolutely. There was a certain game you had to play to get ahead. I you can't like, outshine yeah. the boys and their fragile masculinity. Right. <laughs> 
I feel like, you know, this might be a little dated the way it was written. Uh, sure. But, you know, for Hong Kong, for the times, you know, because they were so forward thinking as far as like that kind of stuff already. Um, but, you know, it's kind of a cultural thing sometimes in some places, you know, it's just like anywhere, you know, I guess. But yeah, I mean, you, you just you got to look at things much like you would look at a movie and look at their budget bases based off of what they did in the movie. You also got to look at the time period and what was going on then and, uh, you know, just uh view it accordingly well it's crazy too because like i started watching like action uh like kung fu movies in the 90s you know what i mean like which had already been out since you know clearly like the 60s 70s 80s but they've continued like uh, like chinese culture has continued like the uh the old school kind of like and and japanese too you know like samurais and stuff like that uh those kind of movies have been kind of like uh like old they're like the westerns to us um yes but i was actually gonna say that yeah but to them it's like the shoguns and the fucking you know assassins and shit like that so which they, they still do today but yeah it's just crazy it's like you get to see a lot of period pieces over there that are pretty normal but this one's a little more you know obviously from the 80s uh, or what was it? 79 is the first time he killed. Then he didn't get caught until like 83 or 86. So yeah, technically uh, this story is about, you know, 10 years old. Yeah. yeah. From when this movie came out, by the way, sorry. It, it, yeah, exactly. No, I got what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. He was uh, like, cause he died in 86 the movie came out in 93. Yeah. So they, they waste did like six, seven years in between the end of this story to make the movie. Right, which actually yeah. is kind of long for Hong Kong, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Because they're usually like, what just happened? Let's start filming right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Twin Towers movie. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, man, those came out way too soon. <laughs> <laughs> I know, dude. Like, way too and soon. And Nicolas Cage was like, let's go. Wasn't it Nicolas Cage? Like, yeah. yeah, he was. Yeah, he was in one of them. He was in the uh, uh, World Trade Center movie. Was, I think yeah. the one he was in. I never watched that movie. I just never did. I, wonder, I I saw some of it and I was just like I can't I, too soon. No, this it, it, it was just so melodramatic too, like the sweeping music and like oh I'll help you, we're gonna get out of the building. I'm like Jesus Christ, people fucking die. What are you doing with this shit, <laughs> dude? I remember Trying going to, to the fucking... in on that patriotic shit before it goes away again. Right. We we uh I remember when uh, when all that shit went down and I had to go to work the next day. And I was like, should I even be here? Like, what, what's going on? Like, what are we doing? Yeah, yeah, it was that was definitely a bizarre time. Yeah, it was fucking weird, man. Like, everybody was kind of like on guard and just didn't didn't know if they should be happy or they should even continue on or kind of like how yeah. the pandemic was, I guess, in some ways, you know? Yeah, in some ways, for sure. Yeah. But yeah, there are some scenes in this movie that we could talk about. Um, do you want to talk about one uh, one of the more tragic scenes in the movie or that you think uh, yeah which, which which one oh which well i mean any of the rape scenes but yeah, uh I, the first I, one in particular is pretty gnarly. yeah is um yeah just the i don't know there was there's just something a little more vile about uh you know a guy you know ripping a woman's clothes off as she's crawling across just, the floor for yeah, 20 minutes but then, yeah but then she's just crawling and he's just falling and just menacing her yeah and it it made it just so much worse than just because you know you know most rape scenes in movies it's just it goes straight into the act but there was such psychological torture before the fact that it's like god damn yeah what the hell 
<laughs> it is pretty it's pretty he even like i think he even ties her hands up with uh her underwear yeah 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 she's partially bound and she's you know clothes ripped off she's she's mostly naked and he choke slams her on the table. Yeah. And and she's just crawling around on this tile floor and you know, um completely it, nude, it, by the way, guys. Yeah. And oh, and the creepy music too. It had almost an industrial beat to it, you oh, know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it was um like that's just not the kind of music you want to hear with something like that's going on. I mean, you don't want to hear intense beat. I don't think there's any kind of music that would matter. Well, yeah, I mean that that's very true, but <laughs> but it's just like the score really did punctuate those more severe moments too, which I think uh, is notable. Yeah. No, it it definitely the 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 cherry on top was when he took the I'm, I'm assuming those are chopsticks uh and jammed them oh, yeah. directly into her hoo-ha and yeah. uh i think they cut that part down in a lot of the um other versions because the fist under the table while the blood's dripping from his hand is pretty yeah. gra- it's pretty graphic i would say that no was it like, absolutely is and even with a category three rating you still have limitations you right. can't just put anything on the screen so they they probably went to their ratings board and was like okay well this would be actually be category four which yeah. doesn't exist so you got to cut some of this shit out <laughs> <laughs> As if they had the good taste not to, you know, just. Yeah. (laughs) But I I would say the other one is probably, you know, the like, okay, well, there's another scene. I don't that way. And I'm not jumping to the end. There's another scene where the front desk worker kind of catches on to the fact that there's something shady going on. She doesn't really like her her boss very much because he's always like, like eyeing her legs and shit like that. And yeah, being creepy as fuck. Yeah, he's like obviously a creepy dude that kind of feels like he can do whatever the fuck he wants. So she doesn't feel comfortable with them and tells him that she's going to be quitting. And he's like, oh, that's, uh, you know, so sad. You know, you're such a good worker. And he was like, oh, here, well, I guess I'll just pay you now and hands her the money. And then he's like, oh, I don't have enough. I guess you'll have to come back tomorrow morning and, uh, you know, get the rest, you know, when we yeah. get, get the money. And, and then he walks her out and then shuts the door. And that's when it happens, like when all the the other stuff happens yeah but like yeah the whole cat and mouse thing that's going on in this scene is really yeah. just like where i think uh, he excels in the and like it sounds sad and weird saying it that way but like he really goes yeah, to I some can, dark places there he does and it's just more psychological menacing you know it, it's he that's what he really gets off on it's not even so much the rape itself it's it's the lead up to the rape that i think he and he gets more out of you know right yeah i mean the other one what is there there's the oh he jams the fucking uh the receipt holder into the dude's eye yeah (laughs) the new guy who's like calling him out for cheating the fucking uh his workers out of uh mahjong yeah so he like I would first of all it was my first job I just got a job there I'm not gonna fucking first of all, I wouldn't work a job they didn't tell me how much I was getting paid second of all because he tells him he's like oh well we'll figure that out later and he's like okay just get to work okay and then later he's like I saw you cheat them yeah that's pretty smart you know and he's like I can cheat whoever the fuck I want these people are idiots idiots deserve to get fucking cheated and then he's like fuck that guy I'm gonna have to fucking kill him now and he does 
And that's where yeah. they, they did cut to other scenes, like where they, they move the camera up and kind of focus on Anthony Wong's face while they're kind of sliding in pig meat and shit like that, that I was kind of talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And also during the, uh, that, that mass dismemberment scene when they just pretty much had him just have blood splattered on his face over and over again. Right. The end scene. Yeah. Yeah. The- yeah, you, you would see him, like, toss the arms and legs to the side and stuff, but uh, you would just see him come down with the uh, uh, the meat cleaver, yeah. you know, and then you just get blood splashed on him, which, by the way, those meat cleavers are really cool looking. They're fucking gnarly, man. They look like fucking... They look like, they look like a weapon out of a survival horror game or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, it kind of does, yeah. It's like a rounded cleaver that looks like a, yeah, like a yeah, giant, it's not like, butcher scary. knife, like a fat giant butcher knife but like yes uh, like 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 if you if you took cloud's sword from final fantasy 7 and mixed it with a butcher knife <laughs> that's what it is yeah it kind of <laughs> is dude and and i love it, like how it like chips the metal because he's been coming yes. up so many of the fucking kids and the parents and stuff like that yeah that that it chips it up so he grabs another one and goes back to work yep. as it's splashing his face repeatedly uh, yep. I was like, oh, this is too much. And then you see all the trays filled with all the fucking uh, the body parts, which is true, by the way, when he went, when after he killed those people, the guy actually stayed in the house with the body parts. Trying yes, to figure- he moved into their house. Yeah, he just stayed there with it and yeah. then put a clothes sign on the front door and then just chilled for a day and didn't know what to do. That night, he decided to go throw out um, some of the body parts into the river, which he or the ocean or whatever. And then he realized that the trash truck would be coming at night, which is so weird to me. Like, I guess that's a thing in Hong Kong where they're just always. Yeah, that is weird. Yeah, I I know. I've never we don't do that out here. So it's all new to me, but seemed like a perfect conduit for him to fucking get them to come out. Unless it's like three or four in the morning when he was doing this. Maybe that makes more sense. But the trash truck comes every time and picks and he would just empty more and more body parts into the trash so they would take it and there would be no lingering evidence. Um, But yeah, that whole scene with him putting all the body parts on the tray and then the heads are there and the kids heads. I was like, holy shit, they're killing kids in this movie. I was like, that is that's not something you see every day in a fucking film. No, it's really not. And it's still taboo to do. But uh, I think it's a brave move on their part because that's what happened. Why censor that? You know, right? it's pretty gross. I mean, just him chopping off the arm right off the bed and like accidentally stabbing the kid in the neck. Like he and how he just doesn't care. He's like, you did that. You killed him. Yeah. It's like even like uh, rapes the, the mom in front of the kids and then kills the parents in front of the kids and then he just like keeps killing the kids in front of the kids. And there's that one girl who just like pees under the table, which is like so dramatic. Yeah. It's like, it, yeah, it is. It's just, but you know, that's probably also what happened. Right. Like just, just that little touch right there is like, that would be a normal reaction from a kid. Hell, most adults probably, but definitely uh, yeah. a kid. Yeah. I, so it's just those little to touches that make you go, ugh. <laughs> yeah, it's not a feel good movie. No, not, not at all. Not at all. The feel good hand of the summer, Anthony Wong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't make you want to eat either. So I guess. Um, but yeah. Well, all right. See that. That's where I feel kind of messed up because I watched the movie and I was like, the way they were eating those pork buns, I was like, man, those look so good. <laughs> <laughs> you can separate. You know, I I ate before. 
I watched the movie okay. intentionally because I didn't know. I, I've seen it before, but it's been a long time. So sure. I haven't seen it since probably it was even available in the U.S. or like I got a like uh, online copy like years ago. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, <laughs> but um, actually, I think Video Junkies had it. That's where I saw it. But the, the last scene that I can think of that really kind of disturbed me was the urine and then the, him ripping the artery with his teeth on his oh, wrist. Oh, 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 yeah, that for sure. Absolutely. I mean, that's always just such a visceral thing when you see that in a movie and you're like, God damn. <laughs> that's just too much man like i mean i've seen like one of the most gnarly suicide attempts in a movie or suicides in a movie i would have to say is probably from the lords of chaos that was the most oh br- yeah brutal fucking i would trigger warning for anybody because yeah. i was like i had to turn away like just for a second because i was like oh this is this is too much. Like, what the fuck? But you know what? They they did it correctly though, because his suicide was fucking brutal. Right. And they just they just did not shy away from that at all. And honestly, that's what made Lords of Chaos into a horror movie was um it's it's strictly a, a bio well, you know, it's a biopic, but it's sure. kind of dramatized. Because nobody except Varg fully knows exactly what happened that night, you know? Yeah. And so it's dramatized, but it's done so violently that it does turn into a genre movie and that's another one that i, I absolutely love i love that oh movie. yeah that was a great movie probably one of the best performances uh, uh what's his name has uh, done to uh, date. kieran culkin is yeah. it kieran i think it's kieran okay yeah yeah because yeah, uh, i they all have strange names but yeah. uh sometimes i get them mixed up but kieran is probably my favorite because he's done a lot of genre stuff he's just he's really good yeah he's willing to go there too yeah, yeah. I think he did that church movie too, where there was like a comedy where he plays like a, there's like a group of church kids that are like, kind of like doing bad shit. I don't, I don't remember. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah. What the hell? I know. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. And I actually just watched it last year. Yeah. It's like a comedy. I just can't think of what it's called. It's like one word. It's yeah. like, I can't yeah, remember. I can't, I can't remember it either, but uh, I know exactly what you're talking but anyway yeah he's awesome and he's done a lot of horror movies and uh, i've appreciated uh his contributions to the genre for sure yeah so if you want to see one of those gnarly scenes definitely check out lords of chaos by the way guys (laughs) it's a really cool story even if it's not 100 percent true speaking of based on a true story so (laughs) untold story but um but yeah i mean that's pretty much it for these two movies um i think we covered pretty much everything that we need to say about that it was a good uh for sure. revisit for me for especially for the untold i haven't seen that for a while since uh yeah probably the 90s uh, maybe even 2000 yeah. so oh, wow. yeah it's been a it's been quite a while for me uh i think i've seen oh, ebola virus you know the ebola syndrome um a couple of times since then so and I always yeah, got that, that mixed up. Well, yeah, I mean, same director, same lead actor, featured yeah. lots of rape and gore. Yeah, it's easy to confuse the two. <laughs> you, you think he might not want to do another one like that? A little weird, you know? Yeah, but you know what? He does it so well. Get paid, dude. Get yeah, paid. That's a fair point. <laughs> well, you know, also he was in uh, the Mummy Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. Yes, most people will remember that. <laughs> a lot of stars are in that movie. Yeah, that that's true. Uh, definitely my least favorite out of all the movies. Yeah, of, uh, course, yeah. of all the money movies. But uh, I just thought it was cool that he was in like a big mainstream movie like that, given what he's played before. See, I feel like I need to rewatch those now that Brandon Fraser is like coming out with the whole whale and everything. 
and like his yeah. whole career is kind of coming back. It's like, I, I don't know. Like I've always liked the mummy movies anyway. A lot of people didn't. Yeah. I did. I never oh no, have. those are wonderful. Yeah. Uh, except for the third one, except for the third one. That yeah. one was garbage, but uh, yeah, <laughs> the other two I really enjoy. Well, is there anywhere that these fine folks can follow you and, uh, you know, kind of follow your works and stuff like that online that you would uh, recommend? Oh uh, yeah, definitely. You can find me on Instagram, uh, at identic horror. Uh, basically what I do there is I just show off a movie from my collection every day, just one post a day usually. Um, but I just have fun doing that. People seem to like it. It'll give you good uh, ideas for stuff to watch, guys, for sure. Yeah, yeah, because I definitely, uh, as of today, I have watched, chronicled, and reviewed 9,480 horror and suspense movies. Yeah, and you said you have around 7,000 that you What's own? What's that? You own? Oh, no, no, I, I own uh, the vast majority of those. Uh, there's some that have been digital only uh, that continue to elude my collection, but no, I, I probably have about 8,500 hundred movies oh in my, my collection uh, yeah that's when you get a yeah. you, when you know you, you you know you have an issue when you have to get a bigger house because you don't have enough room for all your movies i think <laughs> yeah <laughs> christina's like we're not spilling it out into the living room for us she's like we're not doing it and i was like come on we watch <laughs> movies all the time there's got to be an organization to this whole shit <laughs> Yeah, I have somehow managed to keep every single. I'm eventually just gonna take a video of my bedroom one day, so you can see it's literally just horror movies everywhere. But it's really? nice and neat. It's organized. Do you, but, do uh, you yeah, separate my, them into different piles? Like, like some okay, people put I, Blu-rays and in one section, and HDs in another, and DVDs and VHS. Well, basically, the way I have it is I have them all arranged according to score in my book series. Wow. So like, for, so for example, I'll have like my top tier stuff is right there, right at that top shelf, ready for me to grab. Whenever a friend comes over and they're like, I want to watch something I've never seen. That's awesome. Bam. I go right there. And then all the absolute dog shit, Dick shark, the twilight movies, all that. They're all in the back of my closet, hidden behind <laughs> other movies. <laughs> never in, to be seen again. They're in a garbage <laughs> bin down by the river. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, that's crazy. I guess that's what you do when you get up to, you know, when you start breaking into the five, six, seven thousand, you know, category. Yeah. You start putting it into your own order. So that's interesting. I know people that do it by director sometimes. I know that they do it by boutique. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah, totally. a, to, a to Z because I'm not very organized. So the only organization I have is like, it, you know, the original goes first. Um, and then the newest, yes. for, the newest format goes in front and then it goes, the, the, the formats down from there. And then the remake always goes after it in, in chronological yes. order, you yeah, know? Yeah. So yeah, that, that's, I, I like to group them. Uh, I would totally do the A to Z thing, uh, except for one thing, evil dead, evil dead Two, army of darkness. I right. cannot put them in separate areas. I got to oh. keep them all together. Same here, same here, dude. Same here. Okay. Yeah, because like if you just go looking for it, you're just gonna forget it. There's some movies that have different names and shit, and it's like, how do you do that oh, yeah. for like, like I even with Suspiria, like I feel like you should put Inferno and then fucking 
what's the other one? Why am I? Am- oh, uh, uh, the, Mother of Tears. Mother of Tears. Yeah, yeah, on the end there as well. Because you mean the only reason you're oh, going to no, go to true. it is going to go to see Suspiria and then Inferno and then Mother of Tears if you're going to go back down that rabbit hole again anyway. So it's like. Exactly. And then you put the remake of Suspiria on the other end behind <laughs> Mother of Tears. Right. That's how exactly. I do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even though that movie's not great, it's got some pretty good gore in it. Uh the remake, uh I love the third act. I was bored as shit by the first two acts, but the third act is pure insanity and I loved that. So oh, it meant was better in tears, but movie. yeah, that one too, yeah. Oh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, that too for sure. Like Mother of Tears, you're there for the gore. Yeah. That's that's pretty much it. And isn't it, what's his name in it? Kier the Udo Kier? Udo Kier's in it again too. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, he plays I'll watch the like the here. monk or whatever, the like satanic monk that lives underground has orgies. <laughs> yeah, he's. I'll watch him in anything. He's awesome. Right. Well, he was in he was in the original because he was the the professor that the the girl talks to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That's true. Yeah. In Suspiria or whatever. Yep. So that's probably why I brought him back, but. So we do have some movies that we're going to be talking about next week that are the shorter form of movies. They're around the 45 minute mark or so. Uh, some of them are a little bit longer, but they're Japanese films that Eric and I were talking about um, previous. We've been kind of working through stuff, but mostly ones that he picked. I picked one, I think Cyclops and then he picked. Yeah. Oh, Cyclops is uh, from. I, no, go ahead. I'm trying to find out. Let me see. Hold on a second. Cyclops. I forget what year. Oh, yeah. I think it was 86 or something. Uh, 87. Oh, damn. I was close. <laughs> yeah. And I think that one's like a 52-minute one. And that one is on YouTube if you guys want to check it out. Just look up Cyclops and then type 1987. It even has the subtitles. Not the prettiest-looking copy you'll see, by the way, but they do have a Blu-ray out that you can actually get that I found on Diablo. Uh, Diablic DVD or Dia- Diabolic DVD. Oh, Diabolic. Yeah. 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 What? Which ones else did we pick? We got Kanten. Yeah, we got Kanten, also known as Jushin Densetsu, uh, which is also from 1987, about 45 minutes long. And uh, that's about a boy who has nightmares about being stalked by a demon. And then it actually happens. And this one's crazy, dude. This one's like it kind of reminds me of um, just like I like just seeing some of the video. I just like kind of skip through the thing and it's it's really rough. We're talking like shot on video style almost. Um, yeah. Kind of quality, by the way, guys. So, you know, but, you know, when you're when you're digging through piles and piles and piles of this shit, just having a copy is all that really matters. Um, yeah. And honestly, it's kind of amazing that some of these movies still even exist. A hundred percent. Yeah. That's like, I'm surprised that it's even on fucking YouTube for Christ's sake, but, (laughs) but you can find it if you, if it's Jushin Densetsu, uh, 1987 or just content C O N T O N. And then the last one we have is the boy who from hell. Yeah. The boy from hell or Jigoku Kozu. Uh, that one's from 2004. So it's a little bit newer one than the other ones. Uh, that one's about 50 minutes though. Part And I'm going to tell you guys something. Yeah, uh, yeah, and uh, this movie is absolutely insane, and uh, I can't wait to talk about it. I can't wait to watch it again, honestly. I saw the scene in one of just a tiny, tiny little snip, and when I was like looking for it online, and holy shit, guys, like 
Woo! There's some stuff in this one. And I'm pretty sure this one's on YouTube too. So get it while you can. Uh, so those are the three uh, shorts that you're going to want to check out. And uh, I think they're going to surprise you. These are pretty, some pretty fucked up ones, guys. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what did it? Oh, the second one, content. That's what I was going to say. Reminded me of the the bodybuilder the evil dead the japanese evil dead in some ways right creatively because they use like claymation and all these different styles in it um like i said not the prettiest copy that's out there but you know we we do what we got to do to watch these things you know also it's it's sometimes kind of special to watch those grainier copies cuz it's like you're back in the day you're just watching these horror movies late night cable you know and they didn't Fuck have yeah. much of a budget and they never looked good to begin with you know like i kind of prefer that over the crystal clear for some things you know well people don't know even realize you know you watch something like halloween producers cut nowadays and you just laugh at it right back then that was a very sought after fucking film and we had a test print for like the longest time that we had to watch that was like you could barely fucking see the movie (laughs) for like the long (laughs) like for decades we're talking about and then finally they released it on blu-ray you know what i mean and it's like but that was one that you just you just we dealt with it back then because we wanted to see weird shit that you couldn't see. And a lot of the stuff was getting banned and you couldn't see it. And now they got smart. And when I got all these now we got all these boutique labels that are replaced the VHS copy stores that we used to get stuff from. So yeah. that would basically transfer how movies from other countries and stuff that were also uh, very limited prints and then put them on VHS so that everybody could have a copy. So, yeah, not exactly legal, but, <laughs> you know, hey, you, you know, you, you do what you got to do. And, uh, you know, I love my boutique labels. Uh, I support them fully. I buy from them as much as I can. They can't release everything. And I'm still going to bootleggers uh, to get me the really, really obscure, rare shit. And then when one of these boutique labels does get on it, then I'll just upgrade. But I want the movie. I want it. And say what you will about those people who do that, but they're preserving shit. They sometimes, are. sometimes those guys are the only ones that have anything left. So exactly, exactly. And you know what? Um, it's it's not like I'm talking about people who are bootlegging the current movie that's in the cinema right now. I'm right. just talking about the person who's bootlegging this '70s foreign movie that's been seen by three people. You know, like who the hell yeah. are you hurt? That you know? <laughs> 10 people in the last 10 years have probably talked about, you know what I mean? Out of yeah, the entire world. Exactly. And like, I'm so deep into the obscurities now that I'm so far into this horror movie watching project that yeah. uh, I really appreciate these people a lot because they're giving me stuff that I've never even heard of. And you know, what's funny guys. Like, I mean, something I, I've been thinking about is because, you know, we, we, we just watched two Hong Kong movies. I wonder if there's going to be a time when China just fucking takes them out. And they're no longer yeah. around. Uh, I, it's very possible. I mean, we're already looking at Taiwan becoming my one, you know, so right. just much like Russia's turning the Ukraine into the Micraine. And uh, so I think we're going to see a lot more of that. And uh, I think that a lot of this film preservation is going to be very important to preserve uh, this Hong Kong culture from yeah. the 80s and 90s and all that. That uh, So it's, it's going to be very important. Yeah, because it's like there was such a boom there, guys. For so many different, uh, like, you know, it doesn't matter what side of the political fence you're on. Like, it's just there was a boom there for a lot of crazy shit. And it's it could be taken away in an instant. That's why it's always good to have these things, you know, to keep copies like we do, because shit, you never know, man. 
Like I have stuff that's like burned from long, 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 long ago from VHS copies that you can no longer get that never came to DVD, that never came to Blu-ray, that never came to anything after it. And and people can't even find it anymore. You know? Exactly. So and we don't need more lost films. Like I tell me what horror fan doesn't want to see London after midnight, but we will probably never be able to. Right. You know, yeah. and uh, and I, I understand that that's the way that things were back in, the, you know, the 40s and whatnot, where they had to store the actual films. And once that copy was gone, it was gone forever. But that's not the case anymore. Let's not backtrack. Let's get things out there more as much as we can. There's a market for it. That's for sure. I mean, we found you, that out. Damn right. There is <laughs> people think the physical media is dead. I'm sorry, but these boutique labels are only getting bigger every year. It's true. And uh, the sad thing is some of them kind of do what a lot of these like online entities for uh, streaming services do. And they're like, oh, we're going to use horror to like Netflix did. This is the thing that pisses me off about Netflix. Netflix was the place to go to find online a lot of like stuff that you wouldn't be able to find online. And the reason the reason they did it is because they could get it for cheap. So they, they just they they beefed up their fucking online presence by having stuff that you couldn't necessarily get. But then when they got too big, they're like, you know what? All that stuff isn't really that important. Let's cut some corners here and put out our own content and limit it down to our selections. And now Netflix is shit. (laughs) Yeah. And now Netflix is going out of business because of it. They've lost so many subscribers. Their share price has dropped tremendously because here's the thing. Netflix was supposed to reinvent television. It was supposed to get rid of cable and all this and that. And they were getting content from all these people and they were doing originals and they were wonderful until all these people realized, Oh, Hey, how about we just start our own streaming service, pull everything off Netflix. And now Netflix doesn't have anything. Well, I think they screwed themselves with that whole binge thing. Uh, yeah, for sure. Because they should have just done it once a week and they probably could have saved themselves from it. But yeah, I mean, I'm not going to pay $25 for that shit anymore. <laughs> like, it's too much, yeah. man. Like, what the fuck? Like, I like fucking, you know, Stranger Things, but I'll just rent it one month and be done. You know, I'm not going to fucking. Yeah, I, I fully understand you there. And I, I also think they made a big misstep by completely trying to get get away from the physical media market because most stuff on Netflix is not available on legitimate physical media. True, yeah. And, and I, I think they're missing an opportunity there because there's still plenty of people that want to have their favorite show on DVD ready to watch anytime they want. And, you know, we got things like Shudder, which I adore in a lot of ways, but they're oh, not perfect. Yeah. Uh, no. They were putting out a lot of physical media, and now you'll notice that they're not. They're like teaming yeah, they, up with other people and then like letting them put it out. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but they're still putting it out because they realize there is a demand. Uh, I think I think that's where Netflix is really missing a big picture because like uh, I will literally pay a bootlegger to give me uh, I, I just paid him to give me Archive 81 on Blu-ray. Right. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. And yeah. And so I paid uh, $20 for that. Hey, guess what? Netflix That's $20. You're not getting you refuse to do physical media. Well, it's because they did that fucking remember when they put out Stranger Things on uh, Blu-ray and it was like this big yeah, deal yeah. and they, they yeah. did like all oh, a VHS style cassette and, you know, ooh, it's a ba- packaging. Go to Target now. And nobody bought them. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I'm looking at mine right now. I have season one and two in that VHS big boxes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I have. It's like, yeah, it's like they didn't do too well. And I think it's just because TV shows are different than movies. 
TV shows, people are okay with like watching digitally a lot of times. Although I personally, if I have the money, they don't come first before movies sometimes, but I will try to buy them if I can get them at an affordable price. You know what I mean? Because a lot of times, you know, full seasons of stuff, you know, they can be like 40, 50 bucks sometimes. It's like, come on, man. I don't think I I tend to wait for price drops myself. You don't require this collection paying retail. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, guys, hopefully that was a little bit of extra for you guys out there to nerd out about fucking collecting. Eric is definitely not new to this, uh, as you can hear in his stories that uh, probably make me jealous. And I would love to come see your collection sometime. Oh, um, absolutely. I'm only like an hour and a half away. You come down here for a concert sometime. We'll definitely hang out at the house. We'll definitely have to do it now, man. Because this was a lot yeah, of fun, sure. dude. So I appreciate Absolutely. you filling in for this and next week. So next yep. week, you got it, guys. I hope you're enjoyed to this week as we get a little bit more Eric next week. And uh, I'll put a lot of links of stuff down below so that if you guys want to check out his stuff or maybe maybe one of his articles that he wrote or maybe one of his books or something like that, I'll I'll lead you to the Whopper layer. Uh, that is the uh, the goodies of Eric Myford, which I am going appreciate to say correctly that. from here on out. Yes, thank you. <laughs> and, hey, we, and, all, we, we can't all have the last name of King and know exactly how to pronounce it, you know? <laughs> you, know what's, you know what's sad about that? I was like, Christina, if we ever get married, you have to take my last name, right? She's like, and I'm not doing it because I'm trying to be like the male thing. It's just no, because it's, it's King. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like how that is like one of the coolest last names in horror for me you know what i mean like you got stephen king and you got martin luther so fuck you all like you know king is a really good name plus it's a ruler's name (laughs) but yeah it's a title it's just so much she doesn't want it she doesn't want it man so i'm fucked on that one Uh, anyway man thank you so much for coming on guys thank you for stopping by this week and listening to this episode let us know what you think of these two movies and uh cat three uh category three hong kong movies in general do you have any favorites do you have any other ones that you'd like to see us do in the future let us know in the comment section down below but thanks for coming by guys and thank you eric for coming by hey thank you and as always guys long live the void